When shall the league meet again? In thunder, lightning, or in rain? Oh, when the dance is surely done. When the battle's lost and definitely won. The PMFL set of sun. Who will win? Who will lose? In the end, the fantasy gods will choose. The ball of shit! Gores and Wisey. Those silver shorts will show off the hiney. Fair as foul, foul and foul as fair through the fog and filthy air. All right, well, now that that's over, shall we just get started with the podcast? Oh, I'm not even close to done. I have a proper, proper hex to put on. Dirty, dirty, hungry boy, I think. Oh, Tanner, you rat bitch. You fucked me. Double, double, toil and trouble, let the hungry's burn reduce to rubble. A curse upon his team I make, in the cauldron boil and bake. I of Josh, hamstring of Moor, the time is nigh, a little time low score. Foot of gay and stink of melly, stay hungry this week with an empty belly. Mixon's ankle, Pittman's rage, a gruesome heart on guidebook page. Double, double, doyle and trouble, let the hungry's burn reduce to rubble. Cool it with Devonte Friesman, voodoo frothing in my cauldron. One last prepay this year I'll make. The hungry success will run longer than Drake's. The next ten years your team will thrive. Not a chance of one single nosedive. As for you, baby boy, you rat bastard guy. <laughs> that was quite despicable, Andre. <laughs> I've been being despicable against for weeks on end. You're no innocent player in this, you bastard guy. Uh, I, I'm not claiming to be innocent. I mean, I've been known to, to dabble in voodoo myself from time to time, but a decade-long curse, I mean, that's some serious shit. I, I think it actually was some a decade of prosperity. No sorry, sorry. Prosper, like, the most <laughs> prosperous franchise in history, I think. I think that's all he all he deserves right now. Sounds like he's never going to miss the, the dance again, but... Uh, well, <laughs> you wonky-cocked... Pelican pounding peckerheads to the semi-final week of the PMFL season and more importantly the week of the poo-poo bowl, the fucking toilet bowl. We're gonna have a new suc- succulent new Lord of the Poo-Poos will be ordained this week, removing that brown crown from your own head there, Andre. Yep. <laughs> fucking hell. I I really thought I had it. That was the worst part about it. Coming from like a really losing franchise and then being confronted with being good. The, the losses hurt more. You just like this is the battle of attrition. And you know, when you lose week in, week out, you become kind of punch drunk to it. I'm sure the boppers know about it. But when you start winning and then you lose in such a fashion, like I was shook. I threw my toque at my chair, closed like, Are you okay? I said, No, no, I'm not okay. <laughs> I need five minutes. And then I went and pouted and now I'm back and I'm, I'm, I'm at proper I'm at Cinderella peace story now. <laughs> I know, I know. From rags to riches. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I think, <clears throat> I mean, I don't, I don't know. Was it harder in the end than losing the toilet bowl was last year? Losing the toilet bowl is a special feeling. I think it could really only compare to losing in the finals because it has that much weight on it. Um, 95 points. That sucked. That sucked. Losing with 95 points in a big match really sucks. And the whole season itself, 
it was always just kind of up against it. My guys came through and came through. And then this week, I think, you know, they just ran out of steam a little bit. And I don't know. It was tough. It was, it was different tough, but I would take this a million times over the toilet bowl. It's a terrible, terrible place. <laughs> yeah, that that it is. I can't say I'm familiar with the murky brown waters myself, but this <sighs> week we've got the helmet boppers and the shamrocks. Who do you think has a better shot of usurping your title? <sighs> you know, everything would say the boppers have made a home there this season, but I'm sure we'll get into it in a little bit. The uh, the projections has a little foreshadowing. Mm, yeah, right now the Boppers projected favorites in that matchup by a score of 127 to 107. So we saw the white close. flag go up in the chat, uh, I think, a, a few minutes ago. It looks like the uh, the Shamrocks may finally be ready to recant their statement that they are going to run ship and uh, finish on top. It might be tough for them to turn it around at this point. But, uh, I mean, you just put a curse on... Uh, well, sorry, no, you put a blessing on Mr. Hungry for the next 10 years. And, uh, I sure did. In the same line of thought, I mean, a blessing was placed upon the Stab City Shamrocks by himself at the beginning of this season, and now here we are at the end of the year, and uh, he's battling for his life. <laughs> I think him coming on and saying he's got this in the bag may trump me saying that Saquon Barkley won't get hurt, only for him to blow up his ankle the next day on the pod. So... I think any doubts that Voodoo is real be just put aside and accepted at this point. This is a game where we, we're really at our life's ends here. We are playing with powers far beyond the, <laughs> this celestial plane. Like, we need to fucking buckle down. This year, I was quiet in the chat, humble in my victories. And, you know, I, I, I took these curses upon me in stride, and they just became so overwhelming that even my positive energy couldn't, couldn't battle them. It's like a bottleneck. Eventually, it just erupted. And I mean, I've been telling people all year when, you know, people get mad, hey, casting voodoo on my team. And I say, look, just like a bishop, you know, speaks the word of God doesn't mean that he's the one writing the book. You know, don't shoot the messenger here. I'm, uh, I, I am, I am literally just out here saying, you know, random shit on the podcast, and it, it happens. So, uh, you know. It's it's tough, right? Like <laughs> voodoo yeah, works in mysterious ways. Well, even if we look at the Facebook chat today, how many people just got COVID? Talk about voodoo. Everybody's cashing in their voodoo chips. Yep, I think uh, right now we're looking at a starting backfield from the Stone Cold Hustlers of Devonte Booker, the Hooker, and Amir Abdullah. Uh, going up against for the Tokyo Titans, Jeff Wilson Jr. and Justin Jackson. So Austin Eckler out, Leonard Fournette out, Delvin Cook out, like Brandon Cooks out. It's like, it's rampant. Uh, Tis the season to be cursed, I guess. Oh my God, that is a heinous, heinous backfield. Amir Abdullah, I think we went to high school with that guy. Never heard of this kid (laughs) in my life. Yeah, looking at the uh, the semifinal matchups from last week, it was a very, very bizarre week of football. A lot of low scores, but in the end, we've got four teams that are still standing. Uh, none of them strangers to this complex stage of the dance. You've got the reigning champs, the Skunkle Squad. You've got the 2019 champs, the Cold Hustlers. You've got the 2018 champ, Mr. Hungry. And then you've got last year's uh, third-place finisher, the Tokyo Titan. I think there's a clear people's favorite. No? Uh, I would tend to agree. 
I mean, there's a 75% chance right now that we see a repeat victor for the first time in PMSL history, which is exciting stuff, you know, coveted trophy, that stunning first name on the front of that lovely bastard, uh, fat paycheck bragging rights for a year. But, um, I, I think, yes, I think there's definitely a people's champion right now. And I don't, I don't think anyone wants someone else to go up to buzz or no. two one. No. And I think he's been a man of conviction. He avoided the voodoo all year. So this would be a true, you know, affirmation in acknowledging the voodoo and, you know, overcoming it with just sheer white light. <laughs> the, the Titan in shining armor, perhaps, but he has not been without his own set of unfortunate setbacks, especially this week. I mean, losing Eckler and Brandon Cooks, who pretty much saved him last week. I think Eckler had a, had himself another doozy 16 points. Not bad. And uh, Brandon Cooks, I mean, that guy absolutely busted in the quarterfinals. He went for 25-26 spot, which uh, pretty much saved his week against the young O. And they must have just made out celebrating their big fucking weeks, and now they both got COVID. <laughs> yeah, Froggy it's, each uh... other in celebrations. <laughs> a little froggy to the mouth. <laughs> yeah. It's vertical, horizontal froggy. I went and did some research because obviously last week was just abysmal from a scoring standpoint and can confirm that that was the lowest all-time scoring quarterfinal that we've ever had in PMFL history. There was 854 points scored across eight teams. So that average was a measly 106 points per team. Um, that was four teams that scored less than 100 points. That's never happened before in the quarterfinals. Um, and to put that into perspective, we averaged 106 this year. Last year, we averaged 128.7 points per team in the quarterfinals. That average Heavy. would have been good for the second highest score in our past week, which is just insane. Well, didn't I even I say at the beginning of this that the playoff matchups looked extraordinarily high? Like everybody was projected. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> Holy fuck! And, uh, points. Just an I uh, like a real, real sh crazy week. Like if I go into the what was that last week? That was week fifteen, right? Yeah. yeah. So week fifteen, we had Duke Puke, the number one running back on the week. The guy is still unclaimed on waivers. Nobody bothered to pick him up. Um, we had the number one fantasy scoring player on the week who is also still on waivers, Mr. Tyler Huntley, Lamar Jackson 2.0, went for 38 points against the Green Bay Packers, which is banana land. Put up a Fody spot? Just about. If anyone had him in the lineup, that would have been good pretty much to uh, get half of the average score. <laughs> we put up. That stings a little bit when Ryan Tannehill, oh, he sucks. He sucks. I should have just tried to dig somebody out. I didn't want to fuck with the mojo of the team, though. How about the fact that year. Cam Newton was QB6 on the week, and Jared Goff was QB8 on the week. Both of those guys still available on waivers. The quarterbacks this season have just been okay. I guess Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Who else has been a really like powerhouse? Herbert's been a powerhouse. Patrick yeah. Mahomes hasn't been his same self. Like He's cost Joey some weeks. He has, but I will say that Patrick Mahomes showed up in a big way this past week, putting up 32 points for Primo's picks to help him avoid battling uh, in the toilet bowl matchup yeah. this, this year. So that was big. He came through when he needed him. Round of applause for Joe. Getting out of the dance. That fateful, fateful dance. 
not a dance that you want to be in. And and also, hats off while we're on the topic of guys that avoided the uh, the shit water. Pal Smelly Armpits, he rides off into the sunset. He actually had the third highest score of the week. I think he, he finished with one one twelve or something like that, one sixteen. So good for him. You know, he uh, will only owe us one punishment now before he leaves, which Tanner has so graciously offered to uh, to do for us next draft. Yeah, so so uh, it was really nice of him to actually bring that up. You know, to just voluntarily do that. Yeah, and, and you know, it's it's something that we all need. You know, everybody loves a good punishment, and uh, I'm sure it's better when you're observing as opposed to. Uh, carrying out <laughs> have we announced the uh the predecessor and successor not the predecessor but the successor of the the smelly pits uh i don't know if it's been made publicly available as of yet i think we're still going through contract negotiations at this gotcha. point in time so uh do we expect our... a, a large uh, unveiling at draft day or do you think this will be leaked in the presses that's that's i mean that's really up to a our crackpot legal team so yourself gotcha. and then and then be our uh, our media publicist uh the young whole food <laughs> so if there's going to be uh you know I, I tend to stay out of out of that uh that sort of pmfl <laughs> fuji's fuji's our media publicist the walking yeah, he... me too movement fuck we're in trouble <laughs> with him <laughs> yeah we uh we've been trying to get him on for a press conference all year it hasn't been easy fair enough <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, oh, fuck it out. Where do we uh, where do we want to kick things off? Actually, you know what? Why don't we Why don't we start by let's let's look um, let's start at the bottom. Let's look do a okay. recap of the toilet bowl. Uh, we had first and foremost. Uh, let's start with the Stab City Shamrocks going up against those pits. Uh, they managed to narrowly avoid the Stab City Shamrocks. Did putting up an all time low. 48.36 points by the Stab City Shamrocks in a do-or-die game. Uh, what the fuck? Where did they go wrong with this? Oh, my days. Oh, my days. Lead us off. I'm just jumping into their actual team here so I can view it. But 43, they beat you? Or did they beat no, you? No, no, no. 48.36 48, all-time 48 low was, was 44 points. That is not a score you want to see from your team at this stage in the season. That is a surefire way to get yourself flushed. And uh, he's going to need to turn things around in a major way this week if he wants to avoid uh, those those shiny shorts. But, I mean, looking top to bottom, he had one player that managed to hit 10 points. That was A.J. Dillon, and he hit it by a cunt hair, which was exactly 10.00. Um, other Addison... Well, I mean, he, he got a hat-trick, but it was a hat-trick of points. He only went up for 3.3 points. Uh, Jerry Judy, he was he People, was out to lunch. <laughs> zero spot. People, like, didn't even come close to their projections. Like, Taysom Hill, 9.46 points. Brutal. 7.3 points out of Deontay Johnson. Brutal. A zero spot out of Judy. I think Denver sucks. I think... Is Teddy Bridgewater there? I think he's terrible. Yeah. Well, he he's terrible. I actually we should probably get a check to see if he's uh, if he's still able to walk. I don't know if he saw his injury on the weekend. When he dead fish celebration right into a tackle, just boom. Yeah, he just off of his feet and like neck first. Flip, yeah, neck first. It's like man, like you, you're not a big guy. Thoughts you're, and prayers. Thoughts and prayers, Teddy B. 
pretty small. And do you remember that play earlier in the season when he threw an interception and they're running it back towards him? And rather than attempt to make the tackle, it was like the the clearest business decision I've ever seen. Where he's just like, I'm not even gonna try here. Like they can, they can the score option. a touchdown. Yeah. And then when uh, on this play on Sunday, the guy's running around like he's he's fucking Barry Sanders out there. He's trying to leap over dudes. Like, man, Teddy, come on, dude. <laughs> You're smarter fucking than that. Brutal. Well, like, Cortland Sutton had some upside early in the season. He was getting, like, some of the highest targets over 20 yards in the NFL. And then Teddy came, and he's terrible. Like, I think he just doesn't know how to throw the ball. He's a check down king. He uh, he does not like throwing the ball farther than five yards on any given no. play. Fuck but, uh, yeah, aside from this, was was there anyone points. on on Wisey's bench that could have helped out with this? Not even Hubbard at four point six, Russell Wilson at four point two four. Is Russell Wilson dead as a fantasy quarterback now? Yeah, I that game on Tuesday night, he looked bad. He looked quite bad. Is this the end of Russell being kind of like a fantasy threat? Because he was for a long time. He was a pretty stable horse. I, I'm going to say that it, it's not the end. I think that he gets, or Sierra gets her wish after this season, and he gets either traded or I, I doubt they'll let him just walk, but he's kind of wanted out of Seattle for a while now. And I think if he goes to a team that actually has an offensive line, the guy's been the most sacked quarterback over the past five years, and it's not close. It's like something like 70, 70 more sacks. He has like 454 that he's taken in the past five years. And the next closest is like Ben Roethlisberger with 380. Does he even buy his O-lineman presence at this point? He did. I bet he's not so, doing it this year. <laughs> some of them get them like Yeti coolers or like Trager grills or fucking rollies. What's he going to get them? Here, boys. Fucking bag of dicks. Bag of dicks. <laughs> Suck me for, off as he walks out of CenturyLink. I he's he's done some yeah okay so this was back what year was this according to TMZ Sports Russell Wilson gifted twelve thousand dollars in Amazon stock to each of his offensive linemen total of one hundred and fifty six thousand dollars for thirteen teammates the gift card came with a letter explaining their protection does not go unnoticed and it is never forgotten <laughs> that's why you gift card. <laughs> <laughs> This was back in 2019. (laughs) Actually, jokes on us, probably. I wonder what that 12,000 looks like today. In 2019, it might have been actually an epic gift. Quick math for those guys in the crowd. Amazon Amazon stock. stock Over the past five years, 2019 was valued at 1591, and now it's valued at 3,500. So, yeah. That's why they're not blocking, because none of them are in the league anymore, because they don't need to. <laughs> Holy shit. Fucking Yeah, that's like, he's probably looking at each of those guys, 30, that's, wow, okay, so 266 times, yeah, that's it's looking at an increase of like 30, 35 grand. That doesn't suck. Maybe it's no. a nice gift. But what did suck was the Stab City Shamrocks last week. Meanwhile, Kyle Smelly armpits uh, rides the back of Kirk Cousins. A nice performance from Nick Chubb on Monday night. Sony Michelle falling out 12.5. And, you know, Kyle Smelly armpits had to do this without Jalen Penguin Waddle. Um, He had another couple guys that were out or banged up, and he found a way to really scrounge up some nice points here. He's got five, six 
seven players over 10 points, a handful of them going for 15 or better. Dallas defense, 16 points, and seven dingleberries, another 16 points there. So finishes with 118 on the week and rides into the sunset on his, uh, on his angry horse. <laughs> that pissed off pony. <laughs> running into the distance i'm happy that he's not in the toilet bowl to be honest i'd like just as far as a, a now a neutral observer having two guys with actual skin in the game for that match it's it's a spectacle it, i think it does almost rival the the excitement of watching the two guys in the final maybe more i think human nature we just like violence we're just shitty people <laughs> we want to see pain versus pleasure yeah, I, I, I will I will have to agree with you there. It would have been tough seeing him in the toilet bowl this season, especially when he's he's kind of made it clear that he's he's pretty much done with the league, so it would have been tough. And when you've got the Stab City Shamrocks, I think this is their first time in the toilet bowl going against uh going against those boppers. I mean, the boppers are are fighting on home turf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he's a vet to this place and like even if he we knows the, the ebbs and flows, <laughs> the highs and lows, the ebbs and flows. Yeah, like, that's uh, it's a nice segue. Let's let's take a look at that matchup. How did they get here? Primos versus Boppers last week. Um, I'm in. Which week am I in here? I'm in week 16. Drop down to week 15. Well, I mean, looking at Taysom Hill going for nine <laughs> points for the Shamrocks on the other side <clears throat> of that game, you've got Tom Brady going for 4.76 for that's the helmet be Boppers of the year. Might be the yeah. loss of his entire career because he was scoreless. Yeah, I, it'd be be hard to hard pressed to find a game where he's performed worse from a fantasy standpoint and from an overall standpoint. Obviously, he loses Godwin as well for the year with that torn ACL. Fucking hell! Four point six points. That sucks. Previous game thirty two. Previous thirty two. Yikes! When you needed him most, Tom became human. Tom yeah, actually, and if you... <clears throat> hey, I thought Rob Gronk was going to pop off that game since everybody was dead on the team, but Tom just couldn't throw a fucking ball. If you tack on another 28 points and put Brady at his regular 32, then it's Joseph in the toilet bowl and not the helmet boppers. Fuck. Did he have somebody else on the bench? Matt Stafford with the 17? That wouldn't have been enough, right? An additional no, that, that would not would not have been enough. That would have put him at one hundred four to one twelve, and that was the, so. For those at home, the the Primo's picks advanced with a score of one twelve point six. Still would have been good to beat half of the teams that were actually in the quarterfinals, uh, yep. but the Boppers put up eighty seven point two six, and uh, they had some good performances. James Robinson finally freed from the shackles of Urban Meyer. He gets loose for a sixteen spot. Devontae Parker with a nice game. Devontae Adams was a good game. Like, it wasn't a bad week. It's just that Tom Brady score really, really let him down. And Najee Harris going for three points. I was looking at Najee as well. 23 the week before, 13. Najee Harris has only had two other games below 10 points all season. I think this was his worst game of the year, right? Sure was, yeah. 3.6 instead of... Uh, he had two 5.4-ishes previously. Najee yeah, Harris. Tough pill to swallow. Especially when you look over at, at Joseph's team and a few standout performances. I mean, James Conner didn't have all that big of a game. Mike Williams, a quiet outing. But then Amari Cooper and Chase Claypool, his two flex players combined for just three points. And when you look at the boppers, they've got 
21, 22 points from their flex. Like most weeks, that's going to be enough to give you the edge. But uh, Mahomes, he got it done on Thursday night. Big night as from Tyreek and Kelsey. As a BC-based podcast, how do we feel about Chase Claypool? Do we hate him? Because I don't think I like him. <laughs> uh, I think that a lot of people share that sentiment. I think Fuji has, has out, outrightly said that uh, he wouldn't kiss him on the mouth. So uh, He wouldn't kiss that, him on Wow, he must he really hate yeah. him. Yeah, that tells you about all you, you need to about how he feels about Chase Claypool. I wonder if he's losing his Suki Bath Motors sponsorship, the best Chrysler dealership <laughs> in Surrey. He's uh, he's definitely got a bit of a, a diva streak in him. He's a heck of an athlete. I think if he was to play with a quarterback that actually could move, maybe he'd have a better chance. But, uh, I mean, the he, guy makes it difficult when he's pulling some of these antics to root for him. Hunter Henry had a big game, 22 points. He's been doing that all year, Hunter Henry. He... Uh, Speaking of the ebbs and flows of the toilet bowl, I mean, Joseph clearly knew what he was doing when he started Hunter Henry for, uh, I think, two touchdowns against the Colts on Thursday, Saturday. That's his biggest game of the year from Hunter Henry. Wow. And he's been uh, he's been good, I think, this year for, I will do a quick check, but I believe tight end in the top five. That's He's had a couple blow-ups, but then he's had a couple stinkers, like, all the last three weeks, he has a combined total of like just over six points. Over Hunter weeks. Henry, tight end yeah. six on the air. Did Even I have with... two of the top five tight ends? I guess Gronkowski uh, games. Yeah, Gronkowski is sitting just outside the top ten. Yeah. He's sitting at around like tight end like twelve. But uh, who was your other one? Gasecki was sitting at about tight end eleven. Really. Fuck them then. <laughs> Still not bad. Uh, Dalton Schultz finishing as the fourth tight end, I think, is probably the 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 most obscure one. And then Mark Andrews right now, tight end one after he fucking decimated the Green Bay defense <laughs> last week. For fuck's sakes, guys! Shit in your mouth. That was fucking I tough. I'm sitting there before the game even started, and I say to Amber, I'm like, okay, this is the only game that I'm really worried about here because you've got <laughs> Aaron Rodgers and you've got Mark Andrews, but you've got a backup quarterback playing, and when a backup quarterback plays, who do they want to throw to? The, the big biggest man. target over the middle of the field, the easy completions, stick two guys on him all game. He's not going to be thrown to the small little window that is Hollywood Brown. The guy's like five foot two. He's going to be thrown to the big man, and I could have come man. into that. Put stick two guys on him, and they were single covering him with a fucking middle linebacker the entire game. I was losing they had no it. intention of stopping him. <laughs> no intention. No, I think Matt must have had Mark Andrews starting for him in the fantasy playoffs. That's the only explanation I can come up with. But there's uh, collusion, collusions at foot. Uh, looking at this, looking at these two teams, I mean, I think we've we've kind of hashed it out. Congrats, Joe. No toilet bowl, no punishment for you this year, and. Uh, the, the boppers, I think, um, they've, they're, they're definitely in with a fighting chance next week, and uh, you sure as hell know that they're probably going to be watching football uh, this Sunday. I think they got to. I think they got to show up, muck down, you know, three eggs, two jeej, one bacon, dry toast. Come on, baby, be there. Maybe a tomato. Be straight. Some hash browns. Straight. Couple Caesars. Cesare's. Get loosey goosey, but uh, <laughs> shall we start off with some of these quarter 
quarterfinal matchups? Let's do it. All right, where do you want to start? Let's let's pull the Band-Aid and just get mine out of the way here. So we're just going to rip the Band-Aid right off, eh? Yeah, I figured we might as well. Like, the, it was really drug out. Like, the, the delayed games playing on the Tuesday, I didn't think would actually hurt me that much. Um, it was terrible. Like, knowing you're on the cusp of dying. And then I think there was maybe five or six lead changes in the projections over the course of the the actual game itself. Like, I think going into it, he was a 60-40 winner. At one point in the game, I think I was a 67-33 uh, or whatever it was, like, projected to win. And then it all, well, that greedy fucking fuck. That greedy fuck Jalen Hurts. <laughs> I fucking hate him. Like, I hate him so much. He will never ever don the jersey of a hard-on. <laughs> like, even if he's felt me way late, I will take Tannehill again in spades. Like, I despise Jalen Hurts. He is a, a cancer to running backs all around him. He doesn't make them better. He makes his team worse. He's he a trash the only being. guy that, that likes him less than I do. <laughs> oh, I despise him. I despise him. And, like, there was some big drops from both of our guys. Like, Jamar Chase, 0.8 points. Stinks, especially when he played the whole game. Mike Evans going out gave me a ton of hope because the 1.9 out of Mike Evans, I was like, oh, fuck, we're in it. And over the course of the weekend, I was like matching the teams up side by side. My defense beat his defense. Our kickers tied. A.J. Green put up more than Michael Carter. You know, like I was winning in most categories. Clyde and beat all, Jeff. I just had to fade 30 points out of the two guys. And that greedy, pop belly bitch, Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Like, I think they showed a stat during the game that Sanders has the most rushing yards ever without a touchdown or something. Yep. That season. Yep. Like, how selfish are you, Jalen? And Jalen has 10 rushing touchdowns. Like, if I was Miles Sanders, I would spear tackle on sight. <laughs> on fucking sight. Halftime change room, head down, crown of the head. Ugh. Jalen, yep. you bitch. I've got to saddle up and get ready to watch him for the next fucking however long he lasts. So, I mean, Eagles like to, to change the guard at quarterback more After often than most giveaways, teams. But... The two first, like, two drive giveaways, I was like, holy shit, it's happening. He was at, like, minus two points. I thought you in the chat especially were like, oh, this is Minshew magic. Like, he's coming in. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> you might be right. You might be right here. And then <laughs> that rat bitch, 28.64 points right in my eyeball. Oh, fucking yeah. fuck. Aaron Schwals with I feel you, dog. pretty stable. Keenan Allen. That Keenan Allen one was also a sneaky cocksuck because I thought he blew up his Achilles. Like, mm. in that game, he went down. Oh, yeah, you're right. He did. And I thought he was donezo, and then he just came back on late and put a tutter butter right in my eyeball. It's a nasty-looking injury, too. His foot was, like, planted in the ground, and then the dude's weight falls on the back of his ankle. It looked like his foot fucking snapped up in on, it, in on itself. But The way he went down, too, and held it, I thought it was broken. So did I. Yeah, it, uh, it did not look good. But as you say, he came back, and, I mean, Debo Samuel put up point one more points. It was this one. You had a, a lead. Obviously, it wasn't your best week by any stretch of the means, but uh, both teams vastly underperforming on, on their projections, as was kind of a, the motto of this past week. But I think Jamar Chase, like, after the guy has been to deliver that in 
in the quarterfinals. Like, do you think he'll be back on the hard-on roster next year? Yeah, I got a lot of love for him, though. He can stay. He's done enough for me. He truly embodied what the hard-ons are about, is just being, like, undervalued and overperform. That's what we, what we hope for. Um, even if I had his worst game of the season previously, which was 5.4 points, that's a win. That's a win for Andre. Yeah, it's, I got to ask, I mean, what, uh, what led you to start Gronk over Jusecki? I mean, I understand the other ones, like A.J. Green with DeAndre Hopkins out going against Detroit. I would have started him as well over St. Brown and, and Scantling. But mm-hmm. Gronkowski against the Saints and Jusecki against the Jets, it was only a difference of 2.9 points. I don't know if that would have been enough to get you the win. I think it may have. What, what led to that call? Um, Tom Brady with, was without Godwin and Antonio Brown. So I figured Godwin gonna... got hurt in that game, though. Antonio, who else was out? Just... Evans and Godwin both got hurt in the game, but Brown was still suspended. So, like, if you look back on the games Gronkowski's played, right? 25, 17, 7.5, 10, 15, 19, 8. So, when he does play, he's an absolute weapon. So, like, he, he, the, the he is, yeah. He, the Gusecki base isn't as strong. And if you look at the previous run of games that Gusecki put up, it is 6.883707. Like, he didn't have that boom bust. Uh, he only had it from week three to week seven, where he put up 13 through 18 points. So Yeah, he definitely fell off a bit. Where Tom Brady will always like to go to Gronk. And, like, I think you said Gronk was just outside the, the top 10 uh, tight ends. And Gronk only played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. Eight out of fifteen games, and he's at the eleventh at the eleventh spot. Six receptions. It checks out. Touchdowns. And impossible to predict that it's going to be impossible for you to predict that Brady's going to get shut out for the first time in his career. Uh, What was interesting as well on uh, on. Thursday night, or uh, sorry, Saturday, when the Colts were playing the Patriots, it was the first time in 100 games, like for the, they had a streak of 99 games in a row where the Patriots had scored at least one point in the first half of the game, and they got shut out in the first half. So it was a real just anomaly week. Well, the NDD is sneaky good. They might be yeah. top D on the season, aren't they? They're they're up there. I have to thank you for for dropping them. I thought that they were actually going to be uh, in for an even better game after punt for a touchdown, and you know that can kind of be a nice segue, and we can rip off my band aid, and we can take a look at what was technically, I guess, the froggy of the week if we're not considering what happened to the Stab City Shamrocks. It was quite disappointing to see when I logged on to Yahoo and it's biggest blowout of the week right in my fucking eyeball. Stone Cold Hustlers, Captain D's comebacks. It was only 21 points. It wasn't a major froggy, but uh, yeah, this this one stung. This was... Uh, I think because you started to get a little excited too in that last game. Like, never tell me the odds. The odds are pretty clear. They weren't, they weren't coming back. <laughs> Like you had a good performance out of most here, guys. It's going to be enough. I I didn't. Oh, I got oh. you. You got me. I yeah, didn't I miss you. the uh, the naked dance on top of Burnaby Mountain. I didn't sacrifice a rabbit or anything like that under a full moon. So 
That uh, that could have been it, but I mean, it's the usual fucking suspects when you look at my team as to who let me down. There's nothing on my bench either. Like there was a, you know, I've done the math. There is absolutely no way that I could have beaten Mark this week. But uh, Odell Beckham, one point two points, and fucking Saquon Barkley, seven point four points. Like you bastards. <laughs> He's a shitbag. Shit I told you. Another they are on the do not hard. draft. Yeah, these, these are guys like strike me down. In YZ's living room, if I ever, again, tried to draft Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham, or, you know, Miles Sanders, I still can't draft him. I can't. I got to stay away from Eagles running backs. I got to stay away from Odell, and I got to stay away from, from Saquon, like the fucking plague. <laughs> Honestly, fucking hell. Like, that's now Saquon only has 10 potential homes because he's never being a hard-on. He'll never be a, a, a Captain D's anything from now on. He is a, a do not go. He's a modus operandi, persona non grata. You might Fuck just go you. straight to waivers, just right out of the draft. <laughs> uh, you see Saquon in the tenth. I'm still not picking him. Not anymore. Uh, I've uh, I've ridden on that roller coaster, and I can safely say it fucking sucks. <laughs> There's 140 players better than Saquon Barkley this year. You've heard of It's a Small World and how bad it is. I can't say, like, when you are playing with Saquon, it is a miserable world. It's it is. Every, everything fucking sucks because you've got your guy that you've put so much capital in, so much hope, and he's just a fucking liability. You must have been feeling good after your first night of games. So you had the 25 out of Herbert, the 26 out of Tyreek. That doesn't yep. suck. At the first three halves of football... Of the quarterfinals, I I was really liking the way that things were shaking up, mm-hmm. but uh, after that, it was pretty much all downhill until Dallas Goddard stepped on the field because across the board it was just subpar performances. Yeah, Brand- Brandon Ayuk was making me puke. Fucking the White Mamba after getting his name dropped on the pod last week, he puts up his worst game and. I don't know if it's of the season, but it was a bad game. Only four point seven points. Yeah. Um, that that is his worst game of the year, and it came in the came in the fantasy playoffs. So you don't expect your seventeen point tight end to get fucking doubled up on by their tight end. He had seventeen. Mark Andrews put up a thirty point six, nearly a full double up. That sucks. Yeah, I, I don't even want to talk about Mark Andrews anymore. <laughs> You know what What really does suck, though, is after watching the Colts dismantling of the Patriots on Saturday, and, and they were there was one point where they were at 24 points on, on defense. I yeah. did come crashing back down to 14, but then on Monday night, watching Mark's Minnesota defense go for 15. It may only be one point better, but that fucking that, that ground, ground my gears. And yeah. then Curtis, Curtis Boswell, the kicker, going for 15. He got a 30 that, out of his special teams. That, yeah, I mean, you get a 30 from your special teams, and there's not many games that you're not going to win. It was, uh, Mark's I, always been a special if, team guy, though. He loves them. He loves them more than I like kickers. If you flip that script, that's a 20-point swing. That put me at 126. We put Mark at 126. That's the difference right there. Special it's teams. It. Special teams wins <laughs> championships. It's a third of the game. Third of the but, game. But uh, yeah, as for myself, I mean, it was a it was a 
great season. We we definitely had a, a mad finish. Um, you and me are actually the two highest projected teams this week across the league, which is pretty sickening. Yep. Um, and as for those Stone Cold Hustlers, very early on in the season, I think I mentioned on the podcast that it's a house of Stone Cold cards. It's uh, it can you, all come crumbling down at any take, moment one domino out and all of a sudden you're starting Devonte Booker, the hooker and Amir Abdullah in the fantasy semifinals, which is not where you want to be. They're star studded up front, but uh, behind the scenes, it's uh, I think we're going to see the, the, the true, the true depth of the stone cold hustlers come out next week. And they're playing against the guy that arguably has some of the best depth in the league, which is the Tokyo Titans. Mark Lynn taught big advocate for depth wins championships in the, uh, in the chat, changing waiver dates. Live with this by the sword, die by the sword. That's a tough COVID fuck. Like Dalvin <laughs> Cook and Fournette in one foul swoop. Well, Fournette actually did his hamstring. He's been put on oh, IR. Yeah, he's done done. But uh, done, maybe done. segue that into those Tokyo Titans who TDs. knocked out the Young Ho Fuge for the third consecutive year in the first round of the playoffs. I did say he's been making a habit of it. This year is no different. It's... Uh, tough for a team that had been had some ups and downs all year but they'd shown a knack for being able to pull it out when it mattered um although Fuji i know has the best not a pull-out guy of all time his team like sucks but they won games shrunk together points like the fact that he made the show and, and had so much success is kind of infuriating because he was at like top of the league for a minute there with like winning with 100 point weeks I think there was one week where he was sitting actually as in the in the top spot, but it didn't last for very long. I think he was uh, in the top spot with like the third lowest total points or something. Like it was disgusting. Strength of schedule was through the roof. Sounds about right. And I mean, you got to give the hats off to the Young Ho Fuge. They got absolutely fisted by injuries early on in the season, and Calvin Ridley. Walking away from the league, you had, I think, uh, what was the, the Baltimore Ravens running back that he drafted early J.K. on? J.K. Dobbins? No, it wasn't Dobbins. It was his backup. Oh, was... I know. I know who you're talking about. Give me a sec. It'll come. Oh. Gus Bus. Gus Edwards. Yes. There you go. Dug Gus it out. Bus. Told you. Gus the Bus. And then Lamar Jackson being injured for the fantasy playoffs. Obviously, Hunt, Huntley, his backup, went for 38 points. And you sub in Huntley over to a Tungavailoa, and I mean, that's that's enough for the win, 100%. But Tua going against the Jets, that's uh, understand why he made that call. And he was able to milk everything he could from his roster this year. For a guy that went RB0 heavy, and then his number one, Number two pick, Calvin Ridley, just walked for the air, and then his I think his fifth overall pick was done before training camp even finished. You gotta, you gotta, you know, toot his horn. And this this week, I think one fifteen, he was one of only four teams to to put up over a hundred points. Is is Travis Kelsey a first round draft pick again next year? Because that was the big wild card pick from right. He was Fuji's number one. Well, if I could go back in time and take Travis Kelsey over Saquon Barkley, I'm pretty sure I'd be taking Travis Kelsey. I told you not to do it. I told you. <laughs> you did. You had my best interests at heart. <laughs> uh, Fat Penny got on a diet. He <laughs> goes down to 5.4 points. He was eating muesli bars and uh, protein shakes this week. Cut I some believe down. Fuji said in the chat, 
fat penny is rumbling right now, which again, 5.3 points does not indicate that he was rumbling in any kind of way. Yeah. 39 yards. I mean, <laughs> you might, you might be able to rumble for a little, maybe down like a hallway. That's probably about 39 yards, but uh, Christ. <laughs> Chase Edmonds comes back, puts up a lot of fives on Fuji's score here. You got, 5.4 miles to the gas can. Chase Edmonds comes back, 53 rush yards. Godwin goes down, 49 receiving yards. Uh, Busker, eight points, was actually good for, I think, his fourth highest score on the week. Malcolm Brown on the bench. He had really nothing else on the bench. Reynolds maybe would have helped, 12 points instead of Chase Edmonds, but still. And gas can? Yeah. I guess yeah. both his backup running backs actually did better than his starters. That sucks. Unlucky. Naheem Hines. Who's his other one? Oh, yeah, Craig Reynolds. Gregory Reynolds. Yeah, it. but in the end, I mean, the Tokyo Titans absolutely nailed their Yahoo original projection, which was 129. They finished with a score of 128. Uh, on a day where Kyler Murray lost to the Detroit Football Lions... And CD Lamb put up only eight points. He still gets the win, and it was. Uh, I mean, talk about the depth. It was the depth that got him this win. Football Gibson looked like a a, a mad mad a madman out there. He was punishing the Philadelphia Eagles. That first drive he was, but then he got banged up, and I mean, all of his damage he pretty much did on that the first two drives of the game. After that, he barely stepped on the field. Uh, it looks like he's remained sidelined today with uh, a toe injury. Turf toe? Yeah, that's another big one to monitor. I mean, we could be looking at Antonio Gibson and Austin Eckler out, Delvin Cook and Leonard Fournette out. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. You got to hope that, uh, what's this guy's name, Greg? Greg Davis? Gabriel Davis. Gabriel. be nice if he can put that back up next week for him. Yeah, that's, uh, spot on the bench. that's a massive day against Carolina. I mean, guys were kind of hyping up. We've sort of seen the arrival of Gabriel Davis over the past few weeks. He's been a touchdown machine. He's got four in his last three. And, uh, you know, this next week he is going against the Patriots. But you know that J.C. Jackson, the top cornerback on that squad, is going to be lined up opposite of Stephon Diggs. So... I don't know if I'd necessarily be scared to play Gabriel Davis because of a tough matchup on paper against the Patriots. I could see him continuing that streak uh, into the semifinals. Yeah, hell. And as we move into the next one, with maybe one of the cruelest losses of all time. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that it was. That was fucking. That was a tough, tough, tough loss from Cooper because. You could see the game, just the, the clock management really sucked the life, sucked the oxygen out of the fire. There's some games that I wish never ended. I'm sure for Basso, he wished Cooper Cup could have just kept on catching touchdowns. That's all he's done this year. And what a Herculean effort to try and save the Copenhagen Cowboys season. On Tuesday night, the last gasp attempt, he goes for, finishes, what, four points shy? I mean, Matt Gay did kick 10, so... If even one of those field goal drives had ended in a touchdown or anything other, the Copenhagen Cowboys would be in the semifinals of the dance. Looking at Cooper Cup's production, like right from the hop in week one, is truly remarkable. His lowest was 8.9 points, 
and that was the only game under 10 that he had all season. Yeah, and he's uh, looking like a lock to get the triple crown receiving stats, meaning leading the league in catches, yards, and touchdowns. That's not been done since Steve Smith did it way back in, I believe it was 2006. So it's, uh, oh, that's not Steve Smith. That's an Australian cricket player. (laughs) Triple crown. The other Apparently, triple crown's the horse, Stephen Smith. Steve Smith is the not as Kentucky. popular as uh, as this cricket player from Australia. You know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, looking at this game, what a shit performance, honestly, from both of these guys. Like eighty-three points, seventy-nine points. If either of them, I mean, Tanner's lucky to squeak by with a win here, but. He, if you do this again next week, there's no way. But he is playing the Skunks, who also had a pretty piss-poor week. It's actually like both these teams lose to literally everybody else. Tanner could only beat Bass this week. Yep. And I'm kicking myself because back in the final week of the of the regular season, going into that Monday night game, I considered sitting OBJ and Matt Prater, who went for a combined like 30 points, just in order to draw... Mr. Hungry in the first round of the playoffs, but I didn't. I played. I played with my heart rather than my head, and you know, I was thinking that it was the courageous, honorable thing to do. And in hindsight, I fucking wish I didn't because I would have been waltzing right into the next stage of the dance. Was this a, a managerial error with the two gooses, or like I guess Suckup didn't even get a chance to kick zero spot. Madison zero spot. What Madison. Madison was declared that he had gotten COVID the morning of that football game. So unless Basso had somebody on his bench, which I'm sure he did, he could have slotted in. I don't think boy. he had enough. Oh, he did. Tony Paul. Oh, actually, no, sorry. He didn't because the Vikings played on Monday, mm-hmm. which meant that he, he, I mean, he could have made a bid to pick someone up on Tuesday waivers, but we'd already determined that that wasn't going to happen. So yeah. He, he was pretty much fucked. Like, he had nobody else that he could have put in over Madison, and it was, you know... What about Tony Pollard with a 10.2 points? Tony Pollard had played already. Oh. Oh, I get you, I get you, I get you. Yeah, that sucks. Beca- because we decided that rule of, rules are rules, and they are the law, <laughs> it meant that Basso had to put up zero points in the fantasy playoffs as opposed to picking up somebody in, someone that was playing for either the Seahawks, the Rams... The Eagles, the Washington football team. He could have picked up a wide receiver three, slotted him into the lineup, and he's probably going to the semifinals. Yuck. Yep. And that's why, I mean, Basso is unfortunately the victim of precisely why I said we needed to change things. I really wish it had been Mark. (laughs) 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 But it it is what it is. It sucks. And then this is why I think we need to revisit like when things come up like that and it's mid season and guys, you know, like obviously we're not doing this. This is for fun, but at the same time, we've all got money in on this. Like everybody deserves to be on equal footing and have a genuine chance. No one wants to be put in that position where you wake up Monday morning and you're like, I've got absolutely nothing I can do here. (laughs) It's a, it's an electric sweat. I'm sure there'll be a vote proposed at the, uh, at the next draft day, especially if Omar Khan continues on this trajectory. I'm going to vote it down. Keep it the same. Love it too. I'm a big <laughs> denier. <laughs> Shut it down. 
Why well, fix it? Don't it don't fix what ain't broke, right? <laughs> <laughs> if it's broken, keep breaking it. But um, other than that, this, this was it. a sweat. Yeah, there's some yeah. points on the bench from both, but I think it would have just offset both garbage. Um, Tanner, I don't know how many small animals you've killed to get away with this one. <laughs> Ritual sacrifices, but an 83 spot in the playoffs to seal you into the semifinals. Congratulations, my friend. Ten years of prosperity to you. <laughs> and uh, with that, let's go ahead and look. Uh, before we get into the semifinal matchups, why don't we take a look at what is to be an electric toilet bowl. The Helmet Boppers going up against the Stab City Shamrocks. This one is going to be a fucking doozy. The Boppers right now are the favorites to win this matchup by a score of 127 to the Shamrocks 107. And looking up and down, I mean, how many got? We got one, two, three, four domes for the Stab City Shamrocks. Don't count. And we've got one, two domes for the Helmet Boppers. Uh, I'm not including in that potentially the kickers or their defense. Do the don't have that Shamrocks only have two players on their bench? That seems low. Marvin Jones and Jamal Williams. Stab City Shamrocks. And then Waller on the IR. You know, you're right. Unless he's planning on completely purging and overhauling his team in waivers this Saturday, which could be possible. Uh, currently, the, the Stab City Shamrocks are carrying just two players. Maybe there's just a lot of guys that he didn't want to look at anymore. He's just been disappointed. Not saying I, I'm going to do this, but is there is this even allowed? I know it's like ill-advised, but if I was to just clean house and drop Jonathan Taylor, Jamar Chase... Is that just up to the fab gods for people to pick them up? No, that would be considered uh, very unethical. Very unethical. <laughs> uh, I figured and, as much. But is there anything within the Yahoo like algorithm to prevent this? There, there is a there is a way to do that. You can lock teams that have been eliminated. But gotcha. the reason why we don't do that is because you've got the toilet bowl, which Yahoo isn't keeping track of. So Yahoo would lock down all of these teams. They'd shut them down, gotcha, which would mean down. that like they could be left you know, with injuries that they couldn't backfill. So we don't do that, but um, eh, we also it's don't drop superstars. Unspoken rule. <laughs> it happened once, if you remember. I believe it was IT Kev's first year, and he dropped Nick Chubb and a few other guys after the first round of the playoffs. And I was like, Kev, what are you doing, man? I had the most fab left at the time, so I picked them both up. But, uh, yeah, not good practice. <laughs> not good practice. Not good practice. Well, I'm just like, I wonder what the waiver wire could really hold to fill up those extra bench spots for him because – if Jerry Judy is going to put up another fucking stinker, I would look to, you know, but I don't know if you'll find anybody better. It's fucked. It's fucked. Yeah. I mean, as we saw, RB1 and QB1 last week were both on the waivers, so there's yeah. definitely some diamonds in the rough out there. I'm just trying he to see where he can make up 20 points. I don't he's think he can. Uh, he's going to need some some big performances from a few star players. Uh, he might have a few more tricks up his sleeve, but I mean, it all starts with that Cordero Patterson matchup against Detroit Sunday, 10 a.m. in a dome. Could go for a hat trick. I don't think there is ever been a game where Stab City will have wanted one more than yeah. uh, than this. I think that's if if we do like the the comparisons, quarterbacks seem to be a bit of a wash. You know. Deontay Johnson, I think, can go as big as Tay Adams. Jacoby Myers, Gallup, pretty much a wash. Najee Harris, Cordell, I think that's where this game will be decided in those RB1 slots. Both off COVID right now, definitely not going to get sick before that game. So I don't see any issues coming up in, in there. 
that the RB2 spot where you've got Jimmy Robinson going against the Jets for the boppers, as we said, Urban Meyer is no more. James Robinson is being used as the bell cow that he so rightly is. And A.J. Dillon, he did go for 10 points last week, but he's going up against a Cleveland run defense, which isn't bad and have been absolutely decimated by COVID. But uh, Miles Sanders just gashed them for a bunch of yards. A.J. Dillon needs to match James Robinson if YC is going to be in with a chance here. And pretty shit matchup at tight end. Evan Ingram against Tyler Conklin. Um, but yeah, it's 20 points. Can he make it up? He could, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, you know that the helmet boppers aren't putting absolute zero trust in what Yahoo's projecting for them. <laughs> A known Yahoo denier, COVID denier, Yahoo denier. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, big news today: apparently, AJ Brown is going to be suiting up uh, later on this evening against the San Francisco 49ers. It'll be the first week that the boppers have AJ Brown back since like week week six, week seven. That's humongous for him. Yeah, if that's uh, if that is truly the case, and he's able to to play and ball out, then look out because the Boppers and the Titans have been pretty thin as far as receiving options go. I would tell both to just prepare for the worst. Low expectations, the key to happiness. When you're in this game, I, I know the Boppers don't need any more counseling as to what this actual emotionally entails. But for for my good friend, the Shamrocks, just treat yourself the night before come in hungover pain is pain just live in it stew in it and you'll get through it when you expect disappointment you can never be disappointed right exactly because i really don't see it unfortunately shammies you got to count all those clovers because you're going to need a fucking miracle <laughs> oh boy and uh why is he i mean if you're still open to hosting that breakfast there's no time like the present <laughs> And in fact, it will be Christmas on Saturday, so it will definitely be a time for presents. <laughs> oh, fuck. So you're ta- who are you taking in this one? Uh, I got to give it to the boppers. I think the luck that's running through that freezing bloodline right now is just, again, 10 years of absolute affluence and, and sure thing victories. So I think they got it too. Trevor might get a proximity hex put on him right now, just based on <laughs> bloodline relation. Yeah, well, there was that strand of Tanner's hair that you put into the cauldron. So, same <laughs> same genetics. <laughs> yeah, absolutely the same. I just yeah, hope you I think, didn't I think get the words mixed up, and it's actually Gores that gets ten years of prosperity, and Tanner in the toilet bowl for the next ten years. That'd be that, that would defeat all, everything you were trying to do there. <laughs> the old Uno reversal card. <laughs> I I just think the yeah, who's been. I think better this year than most, even though I was on the, the wrong end of a shocking Yahoo production or a projection, but I, I don't see where he's making up 20 points in the lineup pending people kind of live up to what they're expected to do. Jacoby Myers in Buffalo. Is that at, in Buffalo or I guess both in Buffalo and That's, New England. It's going to be a disgusting is, winter game. It's in Buffalo. Yeah. So, so he could be, be in another miserable. hurricane playing in Hurricane Katrina, may not catch a single ball. There goes 10 points. Um, it, could, it could happen. I doubt it. But I mean, I'm, I'm going to go out and say this. The helmet boppers are no stranger to these murky, murky waters. This is going to be his third toilet bowl appearance in the past five years. Yuck. He's lost one of them. 
But uh, I'm going to say that the Shamrocks do find a way to pull this one out. I, you know, I think that the boppers like being in the toilet bowl. I think they actually, they can't, this is when it's their time to shine, but you know, he, he just loves those shiny shorts. I think he wants to don them the second time. So I wouldn't be surprised if we wake naps. up on <laughs> we wake up on Sunday and his entire bench has been cleared out. <laughs> he walks in head to toe, chrome. He's ready for it. <laughs> so uh, it's a split decision there on the toilet bowl. We will be watching that one anxiously to see who emerges. Uh, what's the opposite of victorious? <laughs> Whoever loses. Um, yeah. But on to the championship bracket. Uh, let's kick things off with. Uh, the 2020 champ and the 2019 champ. This is uh, it's a big one. Skunkle Squad going up against How Hungry Are You? Right now, the Skunkle Squad projected to win this matchup, 123 to 115. And it's, uh, it's going to be a doozy, I think. I mean, if both of these teams can stay relatively healthy, obviously Tanner just lost Hawkinson for the year. Um, we all know what happened to Derrick Henry. <laughs> but... Um, the Skunkle squad, they've just lost Mike Evans. They've lost Kareem Hunt to COVID. So it's neither of these teams is exactly peaking in the playoffs. Let's put it that way. But uh, one of them is going to be in the finals. They are. And that's a 100% guarantee. We can come on the pod and say that with the absolute assurance that at least one of these teams will be playing for the ship. Um, again, <laughs> These quarterback matchups, Jalen Hurts is going to put up 50 because he's the greediest bitch to ever live. And he's playing against the dismal New York Giants. Um, Josh Allen playing in Buffalo in what could only be maybe the worst you know, playing conditions on the face of the earth right now. So there's always that to, to watch out for. And I despicably cursed him in my in my, uh, my cauldron. So Josh Allen's going to tear his hammy off the initial snap. Um DJ Moore, I DJ think Moore. he's going to get a battery assault charge leading up to the this, this game as well. So keep an eye out for him. I don't know the these, the actual matchups themselves. I think are a lot closer than Yahoo's predicting. Um, I think there's like a couple points on some players that might be a little bit generous. Uh, we'll see. Who do you got here? Like who's your 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 TSN turning point or your game breaker matchup that we really need to keep an eye on? Well. This one's all going to be decided by Sunday. If you look at the dome count, it's one, two, three, four domes for Mr. Hungry and one, two, three domes for the Skunkle squad. I'm going to say TSN turning point. I'm looking at the wide receiver two for both teams. Michael Pittman just went into a rage, a temper tantrum in the last game and got his ass booted. Uh, he's going Saturday at Arizona in a dome. So those are favorable favorable conditions there because it should be a high scoring game and it could be a potential for him to snag a touchdown or two. Does Arizona uh, like he, suck now? I don't think they suck, but I think that there are some big problems, big, big problems over there. Um, and I mean, the Colts are a good team and the Colts have a good defense. So if, if Arizona was to lose two in a row, uh, I don't think anyone is going to be having them as a Super Bowl favorite. Like we were thinking earlier in the season. But yeah. on the other side of that, for the Skunkle squad, Devonta Smith, he's playing at home against those woeful Giants, and he's had a few down games in a row. He's gone for 8 points, 3 points, 2 points, 5 points. But I think he gets into the end zone this week against the Giants. I think he could maybe go for 2, and uh, he looks to put up a 20 spot. 
So whichever of those two wide receivers, there's big boom potential across the rest of this. Oh, Atlanta defense going against Detroit. That's a snap decision. But at the same time, like Detroit hasn't looked that bad (laughs) recently. And Atlanta hasn't been great. So uh, on raw St. Brown, a fresh hard on pickup would have saved my season if I had just trusted the sudden God. Yeah, it it was his time to shine indeed. <laughs> Is there something I don't know about Scary Terry and why he's on the bench? As um, I'm looking at him, there's no COVID tag, no injury tag on my browser here. Yeah, that is a good point. I mean, Scary Terry has not been there as scary as of late. He's He's been jolly Terry. So maybe the Hungers have just seen enough and they've decided to bench him. Well, I think that'll come back to bite him. Moonman is also on the bench. <laughs> Scary Terry has been the backbone uh, of the How Hungries. And, you know, when you start to just turn your back on, on your breadwinners, it doesn't bode well. Instead Actually, he'll been be rolling with the last five games, but De- he's going to put Devonta, up a 40. Devonta Friesman, who went for just two points last week, and uh, Smelly Melly, and uh, we we know what our stance is of Smelly Melly on this pod. <laughs> smelly fucking Melly. Smelly Melly's been pretty good, though. He has been pretty good, but he's kind of this year's version of, of Rojo. Say no <laughs> to Rojo. I mean, I think that both benches don't offer up too much. I have a feeling this Scary Terry decision will make or break Tanner's whole season. Not the uh, not the double double toil and trouble. No, it, I would love to say I have that kind of mastery of the voodoo, but I just don't. I just don't. I've been on the back end of it so many times. Scary you Terry's never know. put up a forty. Um, I have a who a CJ Uzoma, the the tight end playing in a hurricane in Baltimore. Easy easy passes, easy complete passes over the middle. Who's the tight end they have in there? Kemet. 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 And I, I'm staying away from that Chicago offense uh, by any means necessary. I mean, David Montgomery, who is probably the only piece of that team that is at all fantasy usable, hasn't been great this year. I, when he was injured, he was injured. But aside from that, he's going, his, his floor is pretty low, sitting right around seven points. Kemet has, just for you know your knowledge, has zero touchdowns all season, and he's playing in the semifinal. Some might say he's the Miles Sanders of tight ends. Zero <laughs> touchdowns. Hate to see it. Who do you think's taking this one? Uh, I think Tanner is, for sure, with a clean bill of health, zero injuries along the way, and I think he's going to exceed his projections. Yeah, you know what? I think that the Hungries are going to take this one as well. I, I say they shipping it. Every single player on this roster over over exceeds their projection from Yahoo. Yep. For, further cementing the uh, conspiracy theory from the Gores that they are all brain damaged over there. They are, and uh, I think that the Skunks they lay a goose egg, uh, a dirty poop in the semis, and they fail to hit a hundred points for the second consecutive week, despite getting two touchdowns from Devonta Smith. Yeah. The only saving grace, I'm going to put Tanner at 156.48. And Dallas is going to come in at 99 
until Jalen Hurts comes, and then Jalen Hurts is going to put up 40, and he's going to still lose by 10. <laughs> so Dallas is going to have 99 points before Jalen Hurts steps on the field, which yeah. means that Aaron Jones on Saturday is going to go for 99 points. That's you, it, yeah. and <laughs> you heard it here first. Zero. <laughs> A banged up Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones straight from the Jones. Algarve in Portugal. <laughs> Aaron Jones, who uh, he has had a few big games, but uh, highlight of his season came way back in week two against yours truly, 38.5 points uh, against Detroit. So uh, we got two two votes for Mr. Hungry advancing to the finals for the second time in three years. Let's take a look at uh, this other semifinal matchup. Tanner's is a juggernaut, and we have to pay, you know, Respect where respect is due that he's done it with uh, without Derrick Henry for the most part. So credit where credit's due. Ten years of prosperity, my good friend. Aye, aye, here, here. Tokyo and... TTs. This is a sweat right now. 49-51 projection. I think if you had told Mark even a week ago that going that, hey, you're going to make the semis, but you're going to be projected at 113, he would say, what the fuck? Are you, what happened? COVID happened. COVID happened hard. <laughs> Man, everybody I know is just dying right now. Like, I texted my group chat, and then out of the woodwork, turns out like three out of the four of them all had COVID. One of the guys is swishing tequila because he can't taste. And knowing the, the way the NFL players conduct themselves, I'm surprised this league is even happening right now. Yep. Well, they've got fantasy, fantasy seasons dependent on it. Yeah. And uh, NFL owners' paychecks, so... Absolutely. I think that they, honestly, I mean, looking at COVID, we're getting like in the UK, there's like 90,000 cases of Omicron a day. If you look <laughs> at South, uh, South Africa, they have shown that 90% of people that have this Omicron strain aren't being hospitalized. It's just like, it's a bad flu. It's a bad cold. So like my thought process is at this point, shouldn't we almost be wanting to contract it when it's not as potent so that you get it in your system, you're getting the antibodies that are generating naturally. But instead here in BC, we're going a complete opposite direction and we are shutting everything down. Despite the fact that we're not going to the hospital for it, we're not dying from it. Like this is when we should be getting herd immunity. Despite the the science in my political science degree, I I don't know anything about virus mass, (laughs) like metastasizing. I'm, I'm just on autopilot, keeping my head down. I just want to get through the holidays without it, and then I'll get sick. That's my, that's my mental approach to it right now. Yeah, my uh, my uncle just tested positive. My younger brother, Sam, is going and expecting the results from his test today. So I could be looking at a jolly old Christmas of me, Amber, and Toby just tucked, tucked away in the fucking apartment like any other day. Jeez. Thoughts and prayers to all affected. Thoughts and prayers. As yeah, we jump into the tight ends. With, Dalton uh, Schultz and Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is putting up a 50 spot. Against Cincy, in Cincy, in the rain. Doesn't matter. This guy's electric. He's the number one tight end in the league. Is, he, might uh, go for, he might go for 30. He might go for 40. But he's going to go for 50 points. Is Lamar back for that? No. Um, I think the jury is still out on that. I don't know if Lamar has been confirmed active yet, but I will check that right now. Mark should be sending 
all his worst thoughts to Lamar. You want to keep that backup in there, throwing it to the big man all day, every day. Well, if Cincinnati can't figure out that, hey, they're probably going to throw to Mark Andrews, well, I mean, Green Bay couldn't figure it out. So uh, I think this guy's just, he's unstoppable. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> Fucking hell. Is, uh, so who else got COVID for the Tokyo Titans? Eckler and Cooks. Yikes. Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks Yikes. is a, a, a big blow to take. Obviously fresh off the heels of the 25.7 points. Uh, really booked the Titans their ticket to their second semifinals in two years. Um, but, uh, I mean, this is, this is the stage of this, the year. Mark did just pick up Josh Reynolds. We haven't really covered waivers on this podcast, but that's a fresh pickup. He's straight in the lineup. Uh, he's a, he's open that he can have another big week back to back, but like, let's look at the guys that aren't optimal starts. Like wouldn't be starting if the entire team was healthy. Who do we have in there? The stone cold Hustlers have Amir Abdullah, Devonte mm-hmm. Booker and Josh Reynolds. The Tokyo Titans have Jeff Wilson Jr., who is the RB1 for San Francisco now with Eli Mitchell out. Mm-hmm. Justin Jackson, who is now the RB1 with Austin Eckler out. And Jordan Howard, who is splitting carries with Miles Sanders, but has, has been okay. Hasn't been anything special, but he's he's still got a, a decent floor of about seven points. Great handcuff pickups, you know. These guys are falling into some pretty favorable seeds at big times. Like, granted, they're not go-to starters, but they're pe- it's not like they're throwing in backups right now. They're still drawing on RB1s, which is you can't hate. And I, I feel that their projections maybe aren't reflecting the workload that a, even a backup RB1 would produce. Yeah, the fact that they've got Howard's projected points at 4.52 against an awful New York Giants team, and he hasn't... That that would be his lowest score on the year. So that's that's an inaccurate projection right there. If Justin Jackson, if Eckler isn't playing, which doesn't sound like he is, Justin Jackson is going to assume bell cow role duties against the Houston fucking Texans in a dome. That's so I mean. 6.7 points, that's not an accurate projection there either. The only one that might be accurate is Jeff Wilson Jr., and he's going against Tennessee tonight. Uh, they actually don't have too bad of a run defense, but he had 110 yards and a touchdown last week. Yeah, and I think that that's going to be the prevailing theme of the real difference maker because how many, would we say, incorrect projections do, does each team have? Like Booker with a 2.29. Is there any injuries in the Giants' backfield? Saquon's still good, isn't he? Saquon is healthy, but I think Booker actually outperformed him last week. Um, I mean, Booker's put together nine points and 10 points. So I think if Mark could lock in 10 points from Booker, he'd be happy with that. Yeah. You got to love that. Eight points above projection too. I just think that the Titans are getting slighted a little bit higher than the hustlers are from Yahoo in this sense. Like I, I don't, I don't think a one eleven is accurate. I think we're closer to like a one twenty five. I would say so, yeah. And I mean, for the Stone Cold Hustlers, Booker, I think, is underprojected. But um, as we spoke about the Titans backups, the Hustlers, uh, one guy we forgot to mention, too, is Gabriel Davis is going to be in the starting lineup for the Tokyo Titans this week against the Patriots. So he's not scared of that matchup. He's rolling with them. He's going to see if that touchdown streak continues. But the Hustlers have Abdullah, who is... I guess the he's like splitting RB1 duties with... Uh, with what's-his-name, Chuba Hubbard. 
Yeah. And he managed 14 points last week, which is not bad at all. But he's going against Tampa Bay this week. They're pretty stingy against running backs. So Abdullah, I think he'd be lucky to get eight points. I, I personally don't see that happening, especially with Cam Newton in there. And Justin Jefferson going against Jalen Ramsey and that Rams defense. Like they shut down DK Metcalf last week, and I, they might do it again this week against Justin Jefferson. 16 points. I think, again, like, you're probably lucky if Justin did points next week. Are we giving any credence to all these questionables right now? Or are these just all going to plays? Because each team has three Qs in their lineup right now. Aaron Rodgers, Metcalf, Reynolds, big Qs if they miss. Gibson, Howard, Folk for the Titans. Again, big Qs if they miss. I think the the, the player of all those questionables that that is at the most risk of missing is Antonio Gibson. That's tough. With that yeah. uh, turf toe or whatever it was. Yep. And I mean, on the bench, in terms of who you could slot in, we did just see the Titans pick up Marquez Callaway uh, today. He's fresh off the heels of a 112-yard performance. He is a former Captain D's comeback, but uh, originally he was drafted by the Tokyo Titans. Dropped him in September, picking him up in December. Uh, he's hoping he's got a little Christmas magic in him because he might need him if Antonio Gibson can't go. It'll be a, a bit of a sweat, but I think Antonio football, Gibson is a football guy at heart, and uh, I think it's just a pain management issue. I think he'll be fine. Yeah, it's uh, and, and even if he does, I mean, it's a big divisional matchup against Dallas. Dallas's defense has been very good this year, and you know that Washington needs to win because after losing to – Philadelphia on Tuesday. I don't know if Taylor Kegstan Heineke will be in the lineup or not, but uh, they're going to need Gibson in that game if, if they want to win. I think the, the, the questionable status at the quarterback position might only favor Gibson for that game. If he's healthy. Yeah, if he's healthy. But I think this is all just negligible because Tanner's shipping it. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> Tanner's going to be our first two-time champ. Uh, I, looking at the defenses. Oh, sorry. Go for it. I'm just so proud of Tanner for becoming the very first two-time champion. Uh, you know, he's been a steadfast treasurer for us. And, you know, to ship it twice, it's, it's I think it just speaks to how good of a drafter he is. I have to call him Tanner the two-timing treasurer. Tanner the two-time. Ten, two times. Twos. Two times. Penny two shoes. <laughs> um, the defense is Cincinnati versus Seattle, Chicago. Um... Mark's getting the defense that's going up against Chicago for the second straight week. Minnesota, don't forget, just put up a 15 spot against Chicago Bears on Monday night, and now he's drawing Seattle defense going against those same Chicago Bears. They are pretty bad, especially when Matt Nagy's calling plays, and the refs seem to hate them, so... Did you hear that stat that the Chicago Bears have never fired a coach midseason? I did. That's the only reason Matt Nagy has not yet been fired. <laughs> I think so. I think they're just sticking to tradition. And honestly, like if you're Matt Nagy, do you like that more or less? I feel That's like it. you got to just embrace that and start playing with some reckless abandon. Or maybe he already has been and he's just been so bad at it. Like poor little Flopsy on top of Burnaby Mountain, just put him out of his misery. Just cut him loose. <laughs> Hit him over the head with a hammer. It's cruel. <laughs> it's cruel what's happening right now. It is. You saw that his his son playing high school football, the opposing team was chanting fire Nagy to his son 
in a football game. <laughs> you got to sort that out. You got to fucking yeah. sort that out. The high school had to issue a formal apology to both Matt Nagy, the opposing school, and just about everybody else that was in attendance. Do you think he's hurting himself now? Like, do you think he's going to prevent himself from getting hired on at another team? Matt Nagy? Yeah. Because uh, where do you go as a defa- like debunked NFL coach? You really only go to other NFL teams. Yeah, I mean, you see a lot of former head coaches that end up tacking on as assistant coaches. Like um, the old Ariz- Dan Quinn, the old Arizona head coach, took him to the Super Bowl. He's now the defensive coordinator of, I want to say, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Sorry, no, Dallas Cowboys. And, like, the Dallas Cowboys defense has looked really good this year. There's a lot of guys that will tack on. But the issue with Matt Nagy is that he's an offensive coach. Or at least that's what he's kind of labeled as. I don't know anyone that's going to want Matt Nagy to run their offense after this season. (laughs) No, I think he's just, like, there's got to be some self-preservation, Matt. Sort it out. Yeah. Uh, Let's finish this matchup with a look at the quarterbacks. you got Kyler Murray going against Indianapolis on Saturday and Aaron Rodgers going against Cleveland on Saturday. So that's going to be a nice little early decisive. Also, what's cool is this matchup will also be decided by Sunday. There's not a single player on any of the four semifinalists playing Monday night. Yeah, I think that Kyler Murray might be projected a little high against a very fucking steadfast indie defense that's leading the league in picks and takeaways. Yeah, and he has not looked the same as of late. And I think the fact that he does not have DeAndre Hopkins is hurting him quite a lot, just like it's hurting the Stab City Shamrocks. He has thrown three picks in his last two games just to one touchdown. And I think that injury that was hampering him earlier, I forget what it was, but it doesn't look like he's fully healed from it yet because he's not running the same. No, and I think Aaron Rodgers is just a big-time player. Like, he's he's a champion. He's been great down the stretch here. 26-33, 28-37 in his last four games. And with uh, rank eight on the season, he's the real deal, Holyfield. Like, Aaron Rodgers, I think, is going to put up a, a 29 spot, and Kyler Murray is going to underperform and put up a 14 spot. If he finishes the season on the same tear where he's putting up 30-odd fantasy points a week for the next three weeks, I think that you've got to be considering him as a repeat NFL MVP. Yeah, I, I would stand by that. It'd be a bit tough for my guy, Jonathan Taylor, just the bias towards quarterbacks, but this production can't be overlooked. Yeah, I mean, well, I still McCaffrey own didn't you. win it. I still own you, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and he finishes the season against Minnesota and Detroit, so two nice divisional matchups there as well. But who who are you giving the the tip of the cap to in this matchup? Who's going to the finals? (sighs) My heart wants one, but you know what? I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with my gut. I think the Tokyo Titans are being underprojected right now. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to keep Mark in contention, but there's going to be a decline from DK Metcalf and... Mark Andrews because like you said they saw what Andrews did last week and Cincinnati is having a pretty decent year and I think they can see trends and patterns and they're going to shut Mark Andrews down to a 2.6 spot 2.6 would be pretty unbelievable following up a 30 spot the previous week but I'm going to have to agree with you I mean looking at these two teams it's something I've been touting all year is that Mark lacks the depth if he starts getting guys dropping. 
And I mean, another thing we haven't spoken about is Friermuth is also probably not going to play this week. He got a pretty bad concussion. He was getting up woozy, couldn't stand up straight. I don't think he's going to play. So you're seeing three three newcomers to the Stone Cold Hustlers bench, or sorry, starting lineup. And I don't think any of those players are going to net higher than eight points. Whereas the depth for the Tokyo Titans, I think that he's going to have five or six players go over 10. And I think that he's just going to grind this one out and be able to overcome potential big performances from guys like Aaron Rodgers and guys like Mark Andrews. Let me get this one. Titans 122 to the Stone Cold Hustlers 118. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give it Titans 129.3 to the Hustlers bang on 113.08 one try off of perfect projection well so a clean sweep for both semi-final picks we have the tokyo titans squaring off against mr hungry how hungry are you and uh mr hungry winning the whole thing yeah mr hungry's <laughs> got this in the bag um bow down to the greatness and the 10 years of continued prosperity my friend and with that we're signing off for uh you know fun fact for you every single season of the pmfl podcast We've never done an episode before the championship. Wow. So I don't know if we're, if we're feeling that same vibe. Maybe we... Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. After the championship. We've never done a recap after the championship. I'm getting my noodles mixed up here. I think we can... It's kind of nice coming in with that first part of the year is the nice recap. It sucks you back in. Yeah. You get, there you go. That's That's the recap. Yeah, the first year, welcome back, and we do a recap of the first year. A nice four-hour marathon podcast. <laughs> yeah, this one's relatively short here. We we managed to get wrapped up in uh, yeah. about an hour, hour 20. So uh, Merry Christmas to all. Happy holidays. Best of luck to the team still in contention. And, hey, try not to get flushed this weekend. Survive it. Thrive it. All the best to you and your families. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. Stay safe, everyone. Ciao. Bye. Thank you.